It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome into a very special breaking news episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. And we have some top news coming out of SEC country. It's the news everyone's been waiting for. We've been keeping up with it. And now we are finally able to discuss it. Texas A&M has their two other conference games set for the 2020 season. Keep in mind, the SEC elected to go to a 10-game conference schedule. And now we know who A&M will be facing off against. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this show better, we are always willing to take into consideration. We're on three to five days a week. We want your public feedback, and that's the only way we can get better. So make sure you follow me and tell me what you like about the show and what you hate about the show so we can make sure it is a perfect show for you. And secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things Texas A&M related content. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, subscribe on iTunes, listen to us on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, at least listen live every day on LockedOnPodcast.com. Well, it's the news everyone's been waiting for around the SEC. It's the news that has been on the minds of every single power conference looking to contend to go down to Atlanta. And boy, let me tell you something. Some teams are big winners and other teams are huge losers. I'm not sure where A&M sits in this category, but let's just go with this. I predicted both of these a long time ago. And guess what? The chicken has come home to roost. But before we break down AM's schedule, let's just keep in mind, the SEC has decided they will announce that there are two additional non-divisional games, one at home and one away. So no matter what, every team will get one home game and one away game. And right now, it may seem like a little bit of a flux of how this happens, but more importantly, what this really does is it allows AM or any team to have at least, if you get fans in the stands, one extra game at home and one extra game away. So, here's what we got. Alabama will be playing host to Kentucky, then traveling on the road to Columbia, Missouri. They'll be facing off against Eli Drinkowitz's Missouri Tigers summertime later this season. Arkansas will be facing off against Georgia, And we'll be traveling to the Swamp in Gainesville, Florida to take on Dan Mullins Gators. My God, can we just talk about this for one quick second before we keep going? Georgia, the number four team in the country. Florida, the number eight team in the country. Did the SEC just go, you know what? Let's just make it all hell for Arkansas this year. Sam Pittman, good luck, man. You're not winning the game. There's no way you win the game this year. Keep in mind, not only will Arkansas have to face off against Ole Miss and Mississippi State, they will also have to face number three, Alabama, number four, Georgia, number five, LSU, number eight, Florida, number 11, Auburn, 
and number 13, Texas A&M. Now, why is that a coincidence? Why is that so funny? Because all six teams are the only six teams in the SEC that are ranked. Their other SEC opponents include Missouri, who they face every single year, and then also the team that was just on the outside looking into the top 25 rankings, Tennessee. That's who they play this year. They're not winning a single SEC game. Sam Pittman, Razorbacks, I am so sorry for y'all. It is going to be a long, long, long season up in Fayetteville. Auburn will be taking on the likes of Tennessee and then traveling to Columbia, South Carolina. They'll take on Will Muschamp, the former Auburn defensive coordinator's Gamecocks, sometime in October, if I'm not mistaken. Georgia will be facing off against Mississippi State at home in Stanford before traveling up to Fayetteville. Kentucky will be playing host to Ole Miss before going down to Tuscaloosa, Alabama to face off against the Crimson Tide. LSU will be facing off against Missouri and then traveling to Nashville, Tennessee to take on Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt will be taking on the likes of LSU and Mississippi State. They will travel to Starkville. Mississippi State will also go to the plane, uh, go to the over the hedges to face off against Georgia. Missouri travels down to LSU, but plays host to Alabama. South Carolina will face off against Auburn and then go to Ole Miss. Ole Miss will also travel to Kentucky, which leaves two teams left. And let's just get this out of the way. I'm going to play the clips about how I said this was going to happen. This makes a ton of sense for Tennessee. Here's why. Much like the first game at a neutral site location, Tennessee would be the away team already. They'd be traveling to Norman, Oklahoma, which is only, I think, about an eight and a half hour drive from College Station. So you add the two together, it makes a little more sense. This is one where I think you can make a little more of a justification of why Tennessee in week two would be facing off against AM. One, they're an away team already. And number two, the locations are pretty similar. It's not Texas, but it's Oklahoma. It's in the Panhandle area. You just got to go a little further south central. If you go that much further, you're in College Station. I think it'd be fun. Well, don't say I didn't tell you because the Aggies will be facing off against the Volunteers. I was a little wrong on this because unfortunately, with the whole COVID-19, they decided to go a brand new style of play. They decided to take it a whole different other step. So what happens is... Now, instead, the Aggies still will face off against the Volunteers, as I predicted, but they will be going up to Neyland Stadium. That is going to be the game. They will be playing host to the Aggies instead of traveling to Oklahoma. Now, we don't know what the new schedule is going to be like. They haven't decided if they're going to go ahead and say, okay, so now you're free this weekend. This is the weekend you're going to play. I don't know if it's going to be week two still. They still haven't announced the actual schedule itself and how this will affect the upcoming year. But I was right. It is Tennessee. And I think that this is a really good game. I think that when you look at what Tennessee did towards the end of the year, you're going to be able to see if they progressed, if they are a legitimate contender. But more importantly, even though they lost a few pieces, such as Jawan Jennings, Jarrell Taylor on the defensive side of the ball, this Tennessee team might be at its best that it's been since, I would say, the Philip Fulmer days. That is a big upswing in favor of the balls. Everything Jeremy Pruitt's done has been a positive light. And while they have struggled last year 
towards the end of the year, there was not a hotter team in the SEC than the Volunteers. Meanwhile, Texas A&M is trying to prove that they are a legitimate contender. Not only are they going to be good in the SEC West, they're just going to be good in the SEC. They want to be a team that looks like they're going to compete, they're going to contend, and they're going to give Alabamas and the Georgias and the LSUs and the Auburns a run for their money when they play against them down in Atlanta, Georgia. So right now, I think this is a really good matchup. I think it's a really good place for Tennessee to go ahead and play host to A&M. And this should, keep in mind, a few years ago, this was a game that went to overtime. This was a game that a lot of people were watching. I will never forget that game in 2016. This was a very good game to watch. And now we're going to be able to see it again. But more importantly, this is a game for A&M to prove to themselves, hey, we legitimately are contenders and we know exactly what we're doing. You know what you want to always contend with? Great prices. And by doing so, you're going to want to not spend a lot of money on your car. That's why I like to go to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned auto part business that has been serving auto part customers online for the past 20 years. They have an amazing catalog with all the parts that you could ever need along with the prices and showing you the exact prices you could find at a local store. Keep in mind, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints had his tailgate stolen off the back of his truck, went on to rockauto.com, found a brand new tailgate, had it mailed to him, and installed it himself for a fraction of the price it would have cost him to bring it into the shop. Go to rockauto.com and type in Locked On on the How'd You Hear About Us section so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the car parts you would ever need, rockauto.com is the place to be. Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, I'm going to get your opinion on something. Do you love quality podcasts surrounding your favorite sports team on a daily basis? If so, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows plus every team covered in the MLB, NHL, NFL, NBA, and highlight information to get you ready for your fantasy sports season. Subscribe to us on iTunes, subscribe to us on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen to us live Monday through Friday. Every single day is a Locked On Podcast Day on LockedOnPodcast.com. So, there was another team that will be mentioned on this podcast as who was going to be going up against the likes of A&M when the 10-game SEC schedule came out. And this is what I thought. A&M could be stuck playing a team like Missouri, who's in a rebuild, who's kind of on the growth, or they could be stuck playing a team like Florida, who might be the most underrated team in the SEC, not named A&M. I mean, you look at what Florida has, they're bringing back their starting quarterback in Kyle Trask, they're bringing back a dominant tight end in Kyle Pitts, they're bringing back a sound offensive line, they're bringing back a pretty good defense, and outside of missing C.J. Henderson, their secondary that was ranked number 8 in the nation last year is going to be back. They're a really good team, and if that's the case, where A&M has to play them, A&M could be the downside of it. They could be viewed as an underdog in that game. And these are two teams that were the probably least too affected by the 2020 NFL Draft. They're returning most of their key players. So this could mean, for Dan Mullen, who's entering his fourth year as the head coach, No, third year, my bad. Third year as the head coach for Florida. Jimbo Fisher entering his third year. Maybe one of these two can finally say, hey, I was the better hire. And you could see it happen live. That could cost A&M a win. 
And instead of going 10 and 2, 11 and 1, like a lot of people are projecting, maybe they finish instead with under double digit wins. Maybe that's just the case. You play 10 games plus that extra non conference game right now, that's 11. Maybe instead you're finishing 9 and 2. Maybe that's what happens this year. And that's not going to be enough to probably make it into the college football playoff. Well, I said earlier this week that I think that they were going to be playing against Florida. And guess what? They're going to be playing against Florida. They will be playing host to the Gators at some point this season. And this is the game that I am most looking forward to on a and schedule. Goodbye, Alabama. Goodbye, LSU. Goodbye, Arkansas. An easy win. Goodbye, the lane train. I'm exiting off of it. This is the game. Let me explain why. Because both in 2018, Dan Mullen was hired to take over as the new head coach at Florida. He got hired on November 26th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, November 26th of 2017. And he signed a six-year, $36.6 million contract. Then, less than a week and a half later, Jimbo Fisher was hired as the new head coach at Texas A&M on a 10-year, $75 million contract. Again, I have been a big proponent of Jimbo Fisher. I think that what he did at Florida State was nothing short of impressive. How he's worked with quarterbacks has been nothing short of impressive. His ability to connect with these players and build them up. He built up. Jameis Winston into a Heisman-winning quarterback. But you know who else built a Heisman-winning quarterback and does not get the same respect as Jimbo Fisher? A guy by the name of Dan Mullen with Tim Tebow. You know what else Dan Mullen did that does not get enough respect? He took a Mississippi State team, and in the very first ever, the history of the college football playoff rankings. This is something that will never change. This is eventually going to become a trivia question that so many people, so many SEC people are going to be like, oh, I know this. It's definitely this team. No. He took Mississippi State to be the first ever number one team in the college football playoff rankings. Did it last a week? Yeah, it lasted one week. Guess what? Doesn't matter. They're still number one. He got Dak Prescott to become a serviceable quarterback in the SEC. And eventually, now almost ready to become one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Jimbo Fisher has Jameis. He has a couple of other guys who have been consistently average, but he has Jameis. Mullen has at least two. Both have a Heisman Trophy winner on their side. More importantly, this is a big one. Dan Mullen, in two years with Florida, has gone 21-5 and five and has been to two, not one, two New Year's Six Bowls, both years finishing with double-digit wins. Jimbo Fisher, I give him a little bit of credit. It took him, last year was a rough year, 9-4, and 8-5, 17-9, his best game was the Gator Bowl. $75 million versus $36.5 million. Dan Mullen is making... million dollars over a million less than Jimbo Fisher is at Gainesville and guess what he's doing so much better he has done so much better again I give A&M a lot of credit last year 
you could have told me straight up that this was going to be an easy schedule for any team except for the Aggies. They were going to be a complete joke. And I always said, yeah, I give them a rebuild. I give them some time. You don't need to give them time after this. This was not going to happen. Also, let's just keep this in mind. A&M lost in 2018 to Mullins Old School, Mississippi State, at Wade Davis, 28-13. What did Mullen do? Just prove that he could win with anybody. I'm very excited to see this game for this reason and this reason alone. I have been a proponent that Dan Mullen is the second most underrated coach in college football behind the likes of Bill Clark at UAB. And this could prove it. This could prove that he is worthy of being someone who deserves to be considered along the likes of the Lincoln Rileys, of the likes of the Nick Sabans, of the Dabo Sweeney's, of the Urban Myers, who I do think is going to eventually come back and coach somewhere. He's going to be right up there in that tier. And you know what? If not, this is also a really good chance for Jimbo Fisher to go, you know what? I was the right hire. I know that I know how to coach. I know how to get the most out of my players. And guess what? This is now my team. I may have struggled at first. I may not have had the best chances to win. But now this is my team. You have the two top quarterbacks in the SEC going into 2020. And Kyle Trask versus Kellen Mond. That are going to light up the stage. Let's see which one of them is better. I brought this conversation up a couple days ago with Ian Cummings from Pro Football Network. Who is the better quarterback prospect? Kyle Trask or Kellen Mond? That's going to be answered. That's going to be finally answered for me. Because I, I guarantee you, we're going to see both these two schools who have all returning offensive linemen. They have players coming back. Yeah, both took a hit at the wide receiver spot. Both had a great recruiting classes there. I am very shocked, but I'm so happy to say this is a big-time win for A&M, number one, but more importantly, a big-time win for the SEC. This is a game worth watching. So, we have always winners. We have losers. Who were the biggest winners and losers from these two conferences, and where does A&M fit in that category? We'll be breaking that down in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. Listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, or listen on LockedOnPodcast.com. And follow us on social media, at Locked On Aggies, and at Mr. Cole Thompson. All right, so in every single situation in life, you have your winners and you have your losers. If anything, that Robert California from The Office taught us that you have winners and you have losers in the game of life. And guess what? The SEC is no different. So... Who are the biggest winners and losers from this upcoming schedule? Let's go with winners. To me, I think Auburn's a pretty big winner. I'm not going to lie. I think that they kind of got a bit of a break. When you look at who they added this upcoming year with Tennessee and South Carolina, yeah, they're going to have to travel to South Carolina. Maybe that's maybe a trap game when you think about it. Let's look at the schedule. It's more than likely they're going to be at the end of the year towards November, or it's going to be either at the very beginning of the year. So I think that that also kind of plays in their favor. But they have Arkansas. They were already going to play against Kentucky. They already were going to face off against LSU. They're going to face off against Georgia. Happens every year. This year it's at Georgia. That's a bit of a loss. But they host Kentucky. They host LSU. They host A&M. And they host Tennessee. I think all four of those could be four easy wins for Auburn overall. I think another winner, 
and this one might actually shock some people. This one I actually might be considered a bit of a surprise, but I think Vanderbilt's a winner. Let me explain. Vanderbilt did not know if they were going to be able to keep Derek Mason. They didn't also have really a big game plan of what they wanted to do for bringing in a new head coach who was going to be the guy to replace him. I personally think if you really want to go after someone who maybe just isn't ready to take over there yet. So even if you want to go after a veteran like Willie Taggart, or you want to go after a young guy like Will Healy from Charlotte, who will eventually be a Power 5 head coach, I promise you, Will Healy is going to be a Power 5 head coach. This schedule actually kind of helps out with you getting that. Because now you're facing LSU, you're facing Mississippi State, you're facing A&M, you're facing Florida, you're facing Georgia, you're facing Kentucky, you're going to maybe get one win with this schedule ahead. You're going to maybe beat Ole Miss. That's it. So if you go 1-10 on the year, or 1-9 on the year, you're not keeping a guy around. There's no way you're keeping Derek Mason around. So now you want to go get a guy who you know where your pieces are. So again, if you have a solid foundation on offense, go after an offensive-minded coach. If you have a solid foundation on defense, well, just go into the defensive side. You know what to do, and you know Nashville is a really strong hotspot. And it may not be the best for college football, but it has produced talent. And it is a solid SEC school that I think you could entice a lot of students with the right personnel in the office. So this schedule, I think, really does a great job setting up for either Derek Mason to prove he is worthy of being a head coach, or at least getting Derek Mason out. Because you're not going to have to worry about a 5-7 and seven year barely missing a bowl game. You're not going to be good enough to go to a bowl game. Your schedule did that for you. Where does A&M sit? I'll tell you right now. They are right in the middle. They are right in the middle. Because both of these games for A&M, Florida and Tennessee, both are trap games, in my personal opinion. Tennessee should not be ranked the number 26 team in the country. Their schedule is extremely difficult. It's really difficult. And I honestly am not sure how they're going to respond to it. But I do think the way that Jeremy Pruitt likes to play his defense, this could be a trap for A&M, especially in the secondary. I think think Tennessee's secondary is going to improve with another year of development underneath them. They lost one player, I think. That's it. They were starting to come together late in the season. They had a really good game against Indiana in the Gator Bowl. I think Tennessee is easily going to be a trap game for AM. More importantly, Florida's a trap game. And I wouldn't even say it's a trap game. It's just the best game that I could possibly imagine for AM. And this is the most exciting SEC game of the year to me outside the likes of the Iron Bowl, outside of LSU Alabama, outside the likes of maybe you can throw in Georgia Auburn. This is right up there with it. It's a very good game, but this also allows Dan Mullen to prove to himself, I am worthy of being considered one of the top college football head coaches, and I'm not underrated. And it proves to Jimbo Fisher, I have to prove that I'm not overrated. I'm getting paid $7.5 million a year to be a really sound quarterback whispering offensive juggernaut team in the SEC West, and now I have to face Florida? At least they get to host Florida. 
If this was at the Swamp and they instead were playing Tennessee at home, I think this would be an easy loss for A&M going into the season. But instead, they're playing host to Florida. You have the two most veteran quarterbacks, the two that most people are agreeing are number one and number two with Jamie Newman kind of pickling in there, maybe at one, two, or three, heading into the 2020 season. I personally think Kyle Trask right now might be a better option than Kellen Mond, but I could be proven wrong whenever the season happens. But I can tell you right now, it's a win and a loss because for AM, they're going to be able to see, all right, Jimbo, do you have what it takes to be a really great head coach or are you overrated and we're going to have to pay you a lot of money just to get rid of you? Or this is why we paid for Jimbo Fisher. This is why we're doing what we're doing. This is why we're keeping with the process, knowing he was going to be kind of rough at the beginning, but he figured it out. These two wins really help out AM in the long run. Losers. I'm going to be honest, first losers, Missouri, they are kind of screwed. You have to face off against the defending national champions in LSU. I don't care if LSU lost every single person and their grandmother. They're still going to have that hype because of they just won the national title. Jamar Chase isn't going anywhere. Derek Stingley's not going anywhere. They're at least going to be able to have one key player on that offense, one key player on that defense, and a ton of untapped potential that could break out in 2020. And then you face off against Alabama, the team that has only missed the college football playoff one time. Yeah, good luck with that. You also face off against Georgia. You also got Florida. Luckily, you got Arkansas, but it's not really a big time win in your favor, in my personal opinion. You got Mississippi State. Maybe that plays a little bit more. I don't know. Biggest loser of all, it's Arkansas. Arkansas, I kid you not. They have Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Auburn, Mississippi State, Missouri, Texas A&M, which will be moved, I think, to College Station, Georgia, and Florida. Yeah, they're not winning the game. Sam Pittman, I'm sorry, bud. You're you're not winning a game. At most, you're going 1-9, and and that win's coming against Ole Miss. But you're not beating Tennessee. You're not going to beat LSU. You're not going to beat Alabama. I don't think you're going to beat AM now, especially if it's going to be played at College Station instead of being played in Arlington like it always is. And you're definitely not beating Florida, and you're most certainly not beating Georgia. That's going to do for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast every single day. Here is a Locked on Aggies podcast day. Make sure you subscribe to us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. We'll be back later this week doing our annual quiz. I know I've been previewing it, but a lot of news is broken, so we want to get ahead of it while we still can. But we will see you on Monday with a brand new episode, and we'll have a guest coming on very soon to talk about these two teams. We'll see you then, and remember, kick them, y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.